Hey, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, man. It's nice, nice to have you on. Welcome, everybody, to the 28th episode of Wise Guys Hideaway. Uh, I'm your host, Ian Barr, and today I got a very special friend with me. Uh, his name's Dave Brexfire. He's uh, from Jolly Old. He's my brother from across the pond. And uh, Dave, what are we going to be getting into today? Um, that's down at Ulian, but at the end of the day, I mean, I've, as you know, I've got my own views of um, what happened in November 57 at Appalachia. Um, if I pronounce that right. Um, I've always... Um, yeah, and you ask him for like being over there. Yeah, that's exactly how you would say it. <laughs> I've, I've always felt that for me, it's, it's um, provided more questions than answers. Um, it, it's especially following the previous year when Carmine Galanti was nicked using Joseph Di Palermo's license. Um, and there was an investigation because um, while Carmine Galanti was in the police station, um, some detectives from West New York went down to um, uh, I forgot the, the police station now. Was it not Cook County? Um, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I believe it was that one. Yeah, I forgot the name of the police station. Um, it was one of those, anyway. Um, and, and to try to bribe um, Galante out, and um, were investigated. And there was even a, 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 a one of the hearings, like not McClellan size hearing, but a smaller hearing, into the activity of the police. So surely um, everyone in the know would know that Appalachian in 57 would have been one of the worst places. Uh, I said 58 to begin with, didn't I? Oh, no, wait, 57 no, would no, be one said, of the no, worst you places. No, you said 57. No, you're killing it, bro. I'm fucking <laughs> just over here, like, with my like half hanging open, the accent and all that. Like, people are going to fucking, they're going to be like, oh, I'm used to some scumbag Midwest kid fucking on here cussing and just talking shit. And, like, we got this eloquent British guy on here now. What the fuck? But no, man, you're That's killing my it. voice. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt you'd be able to understand me if I spoke properly. Popper, you know what I mean? Try and be a little bit more refined when we're on the phone. Do you know what I mean? We're trying to represent the country. Good old England. Right? Not be like, hey, send me the fucking bees. Send me the bees for the fucking episode, mate, right now. <laughs> but no, go ahead. Yeah, uh, 50, uh, 57, you were talking about Galante and uh, when they had him. Yeah, them, exactly. Uh, so... They must have known that that was all going on, that investigation. And Barbera has been under watch for a long time. Um, I mean, he, he was under watch um, from, from the local Buffalo police um, uh, because of uh, – sorry, from the local police. Um, no, yeah, it was, it was Buffalo. Uh, since, yeah, that time, I thought, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, since he, since he bought um, the ranch at Palak, he – basically tore it down and, and rebuilt something that's pop, that would have been worth around about two and a half million dollars these, these times. Um, back then. So straight away he bought heat on himself. So he was under watch from then. And I think that was in the, in the twenties when he moved there. Um, yeah, and, he just, yeah, and, and, and Vito Genovese um, was talking to uh, uh, Momo, Sam Giancana about yeah, having a yeah. hearing in Chicago. He wanted it in Chicago. It was Magadino that convinced him to have an Appalachian. And for me, surely Magadino would have known that it was under investigation. It, it just oh, you, all I mean, seems a little there. bit strange. Yeah, yeah, it I just mean, seems a little bit of, strange to me. Yeah, the, uh, I don't know. Uh, everything about Appalachian is always kind of like, I don't know. They try to make it be so cut and dry and like uh, like the police were just like, you know, they, they just 
sort of stumbled upon it. I, I've never really bought mm. that either. It seems too clean cut, you know what I mean? Well, they said that, um, I mean, one of the stories is that uh, Barbera was ordering all the meat up in all the hotel rooms, and that's how that copper got to know about it. However, he was already he was already under watch. And, and one of the officers that was at the Carmine Galanti hearing against the four officers was him. I forget his name now. Everything's gone off the top of my head. I should have got the paperwork up, shouldn't I? Um, uh, no, you, but, I mean, you're good. I ain't got no paperwork in front of me either. Yeah, We're firing from the hip, Is brother. it Ernie, Ernie or whatever his name is? Uh, Eric? I can't remember now. Do you remember his name? The one? Oh, I can't remember that copper's name now. I know. No, I can't remember his name either. Um, typical. Absolutely typical. Anyway, him. He was at the hearing uh, yeah. uh, against the Google four it. coppers. Google so, it. So, yeah. for you. so even he was aware what was going on. Um, it just it doesn't make sense, and that would have got back. Surely, people would have been in the know that Barbera's house, if he was going to pick the worst place to have a meeting of that size, Appalachian would have oh, been yeah. number one at the top of the list. So, why was it square? Because, according to um, according to Valachi and McClellan, Vito Genovese was, was angry at Magadino afterwards for suggesting, um. Appalachian. And it just, and you know, um, the guy um, who was supposed to have um, went to Vito Genovese while I was in Atlanta, um, Vito Gretchi from Canada, he actually worked for Magadino. Um, oh, and I think there was, a, there was a rumor about his, his um, the reason why uh, he, it was him that was writing the letters to Magadino about why aren't you sending money and so on and so forth. Why, where's my defence? Why aren't you getting me a defence? Yet it was his brother, right. Albert. Um, I got the, the FBI file on it. And um, they actually say that on February the 14th, 1963, um, the murder of Albert Agretti occurred prior to Thanksgiving, 1961. Um, on the uh, Where is it? Uh, he pointed out during the presentation as evidence, a member of the Buffalo family was supposed to have been in the courtroom and did not return after the murder. According, right, to, right. according to the informer, Vito Agueci told him that Albert Agueci and John Papilia were alleged to be partners with Stefano Magadino, boss of the Buffalo family, in a narcotics trafficking from Canada. Vincent Mora and Frank Caruso, also known as Frankie the Bug, had a 50-50 arrangement with the Buffalo members. With the arrest of Albert Gretchi, the possibility of Magadino's exposure of dealing in narcotics become greatly increased, endangering Gretchi whilst in oh sorry, um, endangering him to punishment under the rules of Cosa Nostra. Albert Gretchi, while incarcerated at the Federal House of Detention up West Street, persisted in trying to get a message out to Magadino through New York members of Cosa Nostra, resorting to threats to inform the members of Cosa Nostra of Magadino's violation of the rule against dealing in narcotics. Agwechi finally raised his bell by selling his own approximately two months before he was killed. Now, it was uh, Vito Agwechi, his brother, um, for some reason had a beef with Valachi. So when, um, and he was banged up in uh, uh, Westry. Because Valachi is fucking stupid, that's why. I, well, I can't yeah, imagine, but... like, every time, you know, I, I imagine he fucked a lot of things up on the street. Every time I watch, like, the, the trial I don't know. He, I don't know. I mean, he, he, look at his. All you got to do is look at his rap sheet. Um, I actually right. do believe. I mean, I, I think that Valachi was more a puppet of the FBI because there's no way he knew that much information. No way on earth you could anyone so? have that much information. 
Um, Damn, you're passionate about that. You, you believe that shit. I, I believe it. You believe that. See, I yeah, no, I do. He's got like one of those dumb guy memories <laughs> to where like he don't think too much, you know, fucking IQ of a mothball. So like he just like what I see, yeah, it just bounces around his head all day long. And like he just all like, yeah, no, we went here. Yeah, no, we went there. Like I do believe he was coached. As far as like, uh, like yeah, definitely. I, I I still think that there's a story to be told around around um, from from Appalachian on. Um, that because I mean, in in the, we, we're led to believe that Costello and and Genovese didn't get on. Yet when Genovese uh, was back in '49 uh, after getting the walkout, Frank put yeah, a party yeah. on. Well, Frank was throwing a party and welcomed Vito with welcome. Uh, with open arms. Um, yeah. So it yep. was like, um, as if Vito was already the boss. Um, and that was obviously way before um, uh, the, the hit, Anastasia yeah, before and, and, and the hit. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I personally believe the hit was more targeted because of Costello's um, talking to a psychiatrist and obviously his um, performance at the hearings. I think that was because it was, it was allowed of Genovese was allowed yeah. to take that hit. So I don't believe that was anything else behind that other than those two reasons. I don't think it was Vito's, Genovese, uh, Vito's if you like, um, bid for power because he already had the power. Yeah, no, I mean, I always, I always kind of uh, said Costello because we always say like Capone and then like Gotti and then you got like, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name from uh, Philadelphia? Skinny Joe. You know, all the flaunty guys, but like, yeah, Skinny Joe Merlino. Yeah, I couldn't think of it for a second. But uh, yeah, but like Costello was pretty flaunty himself. You know, I mean, he's kind of like an original Joe Colombo. Like, mm. I mean, a little less like flamboyant, you know what I mean? Cause, but I think that, I mean, I think a lot of that just has to do with color television, to be honest. Like, mm. it, you just seem more flaunty when you're in color. But Costello, man, if you look back at him, he's like, he is in a, a lot of newsreels and like talking a lot of like shit for, you know, being a mob boss. Like, you know that I pay my taxes, but like I love it. I fu- I fucking love that he said that. That's hilarious to me. But like, well, yeah, I mean, well, it was. Gotta, but it, it, I mean, it, it, it. That's it. Brought the heat. It brought the heat right on him. And um, yeah. and for me as well. I mean, the 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 scene with the psychiatrist out of Sopranos, um, which that's based yeah. on. I'm sure that comes from Frank Costello and what he was up to. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, you, and analyze this and analyze that. I'm sure that they were two parodies on the Frank Costello nah, situation. That movie always has bothered me, and I don't know why. Like, like the Sopranos did a really good job of like mixing humor with like true grit, but like analyze mm. this. I just like I don't know. I've tried like a hundred times to like the movie and I'm just like, mm, no, cause like the guys like the train, the gangsters are doing so good. But then mm. I got fucking Billy fucking crystal throw mama from the train. Mike Wazowski from fucking Monsters. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't, it never sits right with me. Uh, it's like watching mm. the departed for me after black mass came out. I just, I don't know. It's fuck. I used to love the departed too, but mm. nonetheless, back to Appalachian. See, this is why I need a guest. Cause I'll just start fucking rambling about nonsense. Nothing. This. <laughs> I hope you're cutting some of this. <laughs> no, I don't cut none, bro. We, I fuck, I send it. I was born to just send it, man. Oh, uh, fair enough. Fair, do you know what? <laughs> no, I actually yeah. keep that. Do you know what? I keep forgetting we're actually doing this. I think we're just talking. <laughs> yeah, just shit, man. Like we used to on the phone at three in the morning. And for those of you, I mean, I guess I should just explain a little bit. You're not obviously not gonna know, but uh, me and David met through like uh, shit like that, and. uh I don't know. We just hit it off and fucking. He's always kind of been like a, a big brother that I've never met from you know England, which has always been cool because like I love hooligans and all sorts of English shit, you know. Uh, but uh, go uh, go West Ham. But uh, 
Nonetheless, <laughs> like we are. That have, so, have, have cheer up some of my mates. I tell you, they like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll. Um, but we uh, we just hit it off, and we used to in the time, and we you got the time zone difference. So like, I'd be getting out of work, and he'd be waking up in the morning, and we would just correspond and just chit chat for hours and hours and hours. He's one of the few people I know that I've met through all this. I'm really grateful for actually because I know I can hit him up at any point. We can go months without. We go months without talking. And then all of a sudden, one of us will send a leak or, you know, some, something stupid that makes us both laugh or something, and boom, it's just on from there, man. Play it again. again. Bill Cosby. <laughs> the Bill Cosby gift where he's, like, doing, like, the nod in his head bit where he looks like he just four Quayley's just kicked in and his eyes are rolling and shit. For some gifts. reason, that is hilarious to me and David. Yeah, the gifts. And, uh, and we, we know he's a racist. We, uh, we definitely despise who he is as a person. But, I mean, goddamn, that gift works for everything. You say something like when you say something <laughs> Just, yeah, oh my god. But hey, uh, keep going on the Appalachian bit for a minute. I gotta run downstairs and grab a lighter. So, uh, pick up where we left off. Where did we leave off? Oh, uh, where, where did we leave off? Where did we, yeah, no, I just, I've, I've always, yeah, with Aguetchi, wasn't it? And, and Vito Aguetchi yeah, and, yeah. and Valachi in prison because, um, it, it's, um, I've read somewhere that Vito was, or Vito Aguetchi, um, whether or not he got to speak to Vito Genovese, that was what led to the so-called kiss of death that Valachi had um, and him becoming paranoid and taking out that other geezer. But it just, I don't know, it's just all a little bit convenient. Um, And it all seems that everything, everything seems to lead back to Magadino. Um, and, And in a way, he... I suppose comes across more of a Carlos Michello uh, character than than anything else. He seems to be more the Godfather. You mean Carlos, if um, that makes like, sense. Like, like but, I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm only going. To, of just, course, I'm I'm only going by my own research and my own, um, uh, if you like, um, ideas. Um, yeah, and, and theories. Just, um, I'm I'm, like, I'm kind of know? just reading the. Uh, with no emotional attachment whatsoever, going over the research and just piecing together what I find. That that's all I'm doing. I I tend not to. Um, there are a few people I do whose books I do read, especially research material. And that's obviously Dr. J. Michael Nyota, of course. Uh, Christian. Oh yeah. Um, it, just, I mean, their books are just incredible because it's their quest for the truth that I'm. That, that I'm impressed by that, and that inspires me to also search for the truth rather than what the most common thing being said is, because I think there's a lot more that's um, attached behind the scenes, if you like, that would give a different perspective entirely of the whole mafia setup, I think. Um, oh, yeah, and truth's always stranger than fiction, I've come to find yeah, like, all the little little details you know like even like just for a quick example just an easy example like goodfellas when they bury billy bats and in the movie it yep. looks like it's going to be july you know what i mean and like they did but the reason they had to go dig them back up is because it's actually december in real life when they do it which like people in their minds you couldn't put that in a movie be, people be like that's ridiculous they you wouldn't kill somebody in december and go up saying bury him but yeah, yeah the fuck you would you know yeah you know if you catch a body it's got to go somewhere you know it doesn't matter what month time day fucking it's got to go you know so so yeah, there's always I don't know. Truth's always been stranger, stranger than fiction to me. Yeah, and not only that, you, but you're also I mean a lot of the paperwork we rely on in respect of the FBI paperwork is what uh, uh, a rat has. Informant. I mean, yeah. from, from yeah. yeah, from an organized crime historian point of view, I love rats. Of course I do because they provide 
put certain parts of the puzzle and I, I understand, but then from another part of my life, which you obviously know about, yeah. I also hate yeah. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's quite yeah, a, I'm, a weird I'm, double perspective to have. Yeah, I'm all cool with it till it's fucking my name on the fucking indictment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with well, it. I mean, it's cool it's with it. Your, stitches, you know I mean? though. So, yeah. however, yeah. Um, I mean, that's not true. Like, information. <laughs> <laughs> That fucking that six nine kid's actually uh living proof that apparently snitches don't get stitches and the streets have just been talking ish all this all these years. Jesus Christ. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh close. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I was hoping not. I was hoping he was contained to our country, but oh god damn it. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh yeah, I mean yeah, it is what it is, what it is. What are you gonna do? <laughs> the world's on fire. Anyway. See, I'm losing my telephone <laughs> voice now. <laughs> I no, it's again, right. again. <laughs> Man, just you're good. It's cool. good. You don't fucking no, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's cool. It's good to talk to you anyway. Regardless, it's, it's good to. I don't care who he is. It's good to talk. To you. We ain't got nothing to hide anyway. So, um, it's good to talk to you anyway. Regardless, so um, yeah, no, it's good to talk yeah, to you, man. I'm pumped for all the fucking projects you're working on. God damn, I don't know how do you find enough hours. There's only 24 hours, baby. How do you find? How do you find the time? Well, that's that's if you that's the way. I mean, if you imagine a laptop with thirty-five tabs open, that's in my brain. <laughs> that's how. That's how. That's that's if you like um, embracing um, embracing my my mental health, so to speak. Um, not to waffle no, on no, about yeah, mental health, but it's, it's to embrace that. It's um, the diagnosis <laughs> over the years. All, well, it's all comes together. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, at the end of the day, mental health is, it, it should be talked about more often, especially by men, I think. Um, it's yeah, something no, that affects us all. I mean, even if you're not affected with mental health, I'm guaranteed you know someone that is, um, and oh, not yeah. very not very far away either. So no, I think um, the more that we can talk about it, I think the more that the stigma gets removed and the less discrimination is then attached to it. Because... It, it goes, you look back at history and the more something is, I mean, the suffragettes, look at the suffragettes, the more they protested, the more they got out there and promoted themselves and marketed themselves, if you like, the quicker change come about. And and that's the only way that change, is, change happens is by people standing up for something they believe in, but standing up with a voice and not just standing up silently. Um, and, and, and I think recent history has shown us that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what don't, that's the only problem with this day and age too. why I like, I'm blessed to have come up with, you know, like things like Facebook and stuff. I mean, I didn't really come up with it. It happened when I was like in high school. I can't mm. imagine being a kid nowadays and never, ever going outside. That's fucking, I don't know. That, that's ridiculous. I, that's sad really. But I don't know. It's great because you, you know, you can connect with so many people and you can get so much information, but it's bad because you can connect with so many people and get so much information you know like exactly you lose that face to face that that, that's very important that social networking is is fantastic but that face-to-face social networking i mean it's like that life's a facade that like that real life only half counts what really counts is like how people perceive you in an imaginary you know setting (laughs) on a fucking on a screen that's really just set up with like ones and zeros and dash marks or however the fuck coding works. But for for me though, brother, again, with my mental health, um, play, um, it's, it's been a good thing because, um, yeah, I do. I do a lot of events. Yeah, no, I do a lot of events and, um, what I find all, I, I don't mind standing on a stage and talking. What I, 
struggle with is standing off stage and talking and and, and trying to. <laughs> that's that's why I write. <laughs> I didn't. No, speaking speaking had like going out speaking at conferences happened by accident. It wasn't something that I'd set out to do. It was just something that grew on me. And hopefully now, um, with what's gone on. Um, I've got better because it's enabled me not to be stressed out. So therefore, I'm focusing on what I'm talking about. He says after, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's enabled me to become, if you like, more skilled at the art of speaking um, in respect of um, speaking with a voice to prov- uh, promote a message. Oh, no, I, dude, you're a wonderful speaker. I, like I said, I've just been sitting out. I've been able to smoke so many cigarettes because you're on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad, to, I'm glad yeah. to take a cute few years off your life then. Thanks. No, I'm a smoker yeah, as well, yeah. so I don't matter. I mean, the world, once again, the world's on fire. So, I mean, what are you going to do, right? And but a big no, shout man, out like to Rob Baller Jr. as well, by the way. I forgot. Um, I who's a bit under the weather. Missed him today, but um, hopefully, well, this ain't going to be the last time, is it? So. No, no, no. It's going to be a regular fucking thing. As often as I can trouble you guys to uh, come and sit at the hideaway with me. And then eventually, uh, I mean, we'll probably have to fly to you. But I'll fly me and Rob to you and we'll come fucking do one live from the Yeah, I'm not allowed out there, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) They won't let me off the country. It seems to be that I'm more well-known in America than I am over here in the UK. And I'm not even allowed in America now. (laughs) (laughs) Your your name rings bells over. You know what's fun to be able to say? Having never been to New York City, and it's like the number one place I want to travel to still because all these groups, I can just always pull out that line from Donnie Brown's story. It's like all five boroughs. I'm known. Forget about it. (laughs) Like, you know, and I've never been to any. You know what? (laughs) I'm going to say it as well now. I know I said it in a private message with you and Rob, but I am going to say it private. If it wasn't for robbing yourself um, with a murder and you and I then meeting and me, I wouldn't be where I was now in respect to my organized crime work. Um, it, it enabled me because, now. yeah, I mean, well, you kind of sort of, as you say, like I was your bigger brother. It was like I used to pass on advice to you, but that was advice that I used to get from the ones that I, I was. So it was just, I then become the elder person rather than the one asking the questions. And it, it and with Rob, as well, and, and Rob's professionalism and wanting the job done right, even though it's Facebook, and, and, and that made me take it seriously. Um, it's for, forever, it's been a hobby for me. Um, and, and Rob really did make me take it serious. And, and that's where National Crime Syndicate come in, um, and why I felt confident enough to send um, uh, uh, information, to, uh, sorry, a story to them to be published. And I was like, yeah, we like it, we'll publish it. Again, that's because I took things serious. And of course, to the mob as well. Shout out to the NCS real quick, all those bad sons of bitches over there fucking keeping their nose to the grind. And if it ain't if it ain't NCS, I don't I don't fucks with it when it comes to mob history. I follow a few history pages just because I like history. And sometimes once in a great while they'll post on like the great hits or this and that. And I just always comment a link to the NCS because I, I don't know, man, like some of them are just so fucking, I don't know, they, they bother me. They shouldn't because they're still trying to pass on the history. But I got on my high horse about some things. and our, <laughs> Definitely all our, group, our groups are one of them, man. And I, I got to fucking give a big appreciation to fucking Rob and Dave, too, because they definitely helped me, like, form my writing and get better at it. But, like, Rob also gave me the benefit of the doubt of, like, my favorite writers, Hunter S. Thompson. So, like, Gonzo's exactly how I try to write. I'm always going to try to, like, like, if I'm not part of the story, why even write the story, right? So, like, I'm always going to try to, like, slip in jokes or, like, sort of just, like, take you there almost mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, sort of screenplay or something. Like, that's not really 
Yeah, yeah, but and that's not really how what Rob was looking for. But he he, he gave me the benefit, sort of like fucking the golden ticket to like, okay, he can like he can do it like this because like he's good at doing it like this. It, it works when he does it like because I've seen Whoops. shit that other people like try to do it my style and yeah, and their posts get you know taken down or whatever because it's like ah, it's it's just you don't got it, man. Like you know, and I and I really do appreciate that. That really that was really really needed in my life when uh when well, I mean when it happened. And boy, could we build a group. <laughs> no kidding. Group. 2,000 members group. in days, 3,000. They used to go out 1,000 a time, didn't it? It was mental days. Yeah, no, it got out of control. It really did. It got out of control. Yeah, yeah, it did. yeah and, and it did take over. It took over. And then actually, I, before I carry on talking about things like that, it was Ciro as well, Ciro DiPaggio, Mog King, yeah. Mike White. Shout out. Uh, yep. Big shout, shout out, out to, to the Mog King. Um, I, um, I used to do a lot for Ciro when I was on Facebook, but I had to walk away from Facebook, not because of Ciro, not because of Rob, not because of anyone, because of me. Um, oh, because Facebook, Facebook got too much. It's hard to be on there sometimes, but yeah, you You defend and you you end up defending and, um, justifying rather than talking and having communication. Uh, and for me, that isn't the point of social media. Social media is there to share each other's talents, to talk about the good stuff, um, show the good times, but be there for the bad times. That, that for me, is what social media is about. It's there to... I agree. Um, it's a, like the hashtags that um, my partner Kelly uses on our blog is inform, inspire, uh, and influence. Uh, and that's what it's about, and that's what we should do. Um, as a society, if you like, we should inform, influence, inspire, um, and build up people. When we look down on someone, we should only do so when we're lending them a hand up. No other, no other way should we be looking down on people. That might have been the most inspirational thing ever said on Life Guys, by the way. Like, I'm <laughs> serious. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, accent aside, like anybody could have said that, but like, yeah. That, that was a that was a good one. I fucking I wish there was a way that I could save that snippet and it just play every morning for my alarm instead of the prison alarm that I keep set because you know don't have to die hard. Sometimes you want to wake up to a good old ah, 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 you know like it gets you going in the morning. <laughs> I'm always I'm, I'm always listening, trying to trying to find um, the only person you can really have faith in. Yeah, you can have faith in in a god if you wish. But the only person really you can have faith in is yourself because it's only yourself that's going to get you through life. Um, so right, therefore, you have to have faith in yourself. Um, and that's what faith, for me, that's what faith is about. You've got to have faith in yourself. And I think that's what most religions are about. They're telling you to have faith in yourself and, and to get on with life, the way that life should be led. Um, and for me, it's simple. Um, and, and one of those is, is altruism. So... Um, it's listen. I haven't always been like that. I've 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 been a bastard in my past. I've I've been in prison loads of times. I've done bad things, um, and but I've learned over the years. It, it took all that really for me to learn it all. Um, rather than waste my time in prison, I educated myself in prison because education is important. Um, and I think it's a very as very a, unappreciated and underrated like thing. Don't get me wrong, like. Hard work prevails too, you know, like things like what I do, like they definitely do need to be done, you know, what's, what's oh, shout out to Augusta Tower for, uh, you know, not firing your but boys. But listen, still, brother, you know? education, education doesn't have to be academic. Education could be um, vocational. Oh, anything. It, does, yeah, it can yeah, be yeah. anything. And that's the thing. We, we rely too much on academic education 
and the schools are there to separate. They're not there to um, combine. Um, the, the school should be the school should be as strong as its weakest, not as strong as its strongest. Um, these we have league tables in this country that celebrates the best. Well, no, we shouldn't. Um, I'm I'm very much for being someone that is very for the positive, but when it comes to education, when it comes to our children, when it comes to future generations, we need to be making sure that we look after those at the bottom, not just take care of the ones at the top. And unfortunately, because of the league tables and the way the education system works, which is to get people to pass exams, are we really educating anybody when we're teaching them to pass exams? We need to teach them more. Uh, and this is another reason why I'm so pleased in the organised crime historian work, that it enables me to be able to just just share stories and 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 just educate and and as I say, education doesn't have to be academic. It could be learning to play a guitar. It can be doing a degree. Right. It can be learning to swim. It's all education. And I think we right all go through, yeah, we all go through life and, and as students, but we also are teachers as well. As as we get older, we learn more. We get more experience, and therefore we have more to teach others. Um, and especially if sometimes the path we take isn't is full of thorns rather than um, cotton wool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they teach you guys to use your words so much better over there. Jesus Christ! This, is, um, listen, this hasn't been long for me, brother. Again, and I'm sorry to bang on about it, but it's all down to education. This time in prison, I chose to take. I, I didn't have a formal education. I was kicked out of school 37 years ago at 14 with nothing. Um, and the education I received was an education I received in prison, and that was university. I'm doing a university degree, and that, and the build-up to that and the work I'd done and the feedback I received from my tutor, that is where, if you like, that enabled me to become a man. That enabled me to grow up and understand who I was, along with other things as well, but it allowed me to understand who I was. So you don't just like, I, I like messaging you is like a fucking, I, like I got to put a couple other people on red for a second, man. Like you like, <laughs> you fast with words, you're fast at typing, you're quick witted. Like that didn't just fucking from prison and, you know, formal education didn't do that. You had to have always had that. But I mean, yeah, you're on the streets, you know, you're, you know, you're doing drugs, you, you know, you're, you know, pulling stick ups, doing whatever you're doing. Yep. Like, no, you're not always sitting down and writing, but obviously, even from a young kid, you always had a way with words. Like, and I'm even talking about like, even, even that company slang, you know what I mean? Like, even the way you guys like put words together, it's like, it's like so much more eloquent than like how we do it. Like if, if like, if England had the dominant of like what becomes popular, it's lit would not be a thing, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> or like, you know, you know, things like that. I don't know. I just fucking, I like the way I, I like you. How do we end up in this? How do we end up going down this road? This is just like any other podcast I do in this country where oh, we no, talk about my past and my story and my message. Organized crime. Let's get back to the mafia. <laughs> All right, mafia, let's go. Appalachian is the the CIA. I don't know. They probably weren't even around yet. Actually. I don't know. I don't know. I I I everything for me. And I mean, if if people want to question the fact that I'm looking at Magadino as as some, if you like huge boss above everybody uh, the godfather if you like um, and that all roads lead back to him it's just the the sicilian link by the aguecci brothers coming over from sicily primarily for the heroin trade coming in from sicily into canada yep. um, and that's why they come over to work with 
um, the buff uh, uh, to work with Megadino. But then you've got, of course, in the 60s when uh, Joe Colombo took over uh, what was the... Uh, um, uh, Perfetti. Uh, not Perfetti. It was after Perfetti. Who was that? Um, was that Perfetti? Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Joe um, well, Joe... Then, yeah, Colombo. Because... Uh, Magadino uh, Magliocco got together to assassinate Gambino and yeah. uh, Perfecti. Uh, yeah. So Joe yeah. Colombo yeah. went and told the commission. Yet yeah. um, Magliocco was ill, so they allowed him to retire with, I think it was a $50,000 fine. Um, but yeah, Magadino, Magadino didn't get touched. Mag- nothing happened no. to Magadino. Um, and I think the 59 narcotics trial against Vito Genovese. I think Vito Genovese, and I think it goes back to the culture um, of Sicily, uh, of the Sicilians and the Neapolitans. Um, yeah, the I don't think a lot is played. And that was huge back in the day, before the days of oh, the mafia, before Prohibition. That was the thing. It was Sicilians against Neapolitans. Um, Maradona was a Sicilian mafia. Uh, not Camorra, sorry, and, and Langata. It, it's it's that old, and, and we know that um, it goes on for years, doesn't it? it? Goes on for generations, vendors within the mafia, especially oh, yeah. when you go back to the yep, old forever. times when you go back to the old yep, school. Forever. But the, I mean, the links to Sicily are there. It, it's just I don't know. There's just for me, there's an untold story there, and I haven't yet put my finger on it, which is probably why I'm waffling and all over the place, but. Um, there does seem to be a story there that's yet to be told that will change our perspective of what went on. Um, and, um, and I think that we'd find that Magadino is somewhere at the top, at the very, very top. Um, along with few other... Well, I mean, Valachi, in his testimony, whether you think like I do that Valachi was some form of puppet but did know some information, obviously, he would have had to have given them something, but he was more there to confirm than he was to provide extra information. And the extra information, yeah, the extra information he had was given to by the FBI, and that's why, as you say, that's why they coached him. But um, for me, when you, when you, when, uh, how did you the, think? The, but the information David, he had was obviously he had. Sorry. I said, I, I want to cut you off real quick. How do you think the feds, because like, cause like, this is where we'll kind of like kind of sort of split and it'll be fun for everybody because yep. like, I don't, I don't know how in that time they would have had that many names to give Valachi to puppet them through. Some, maybe some of the bigger ones that they're like, you know, I do, they might've coached them even a little. Don't with forget, like, he didn't like, identify oh, everybody, Valachi. He didn't identify, no, no, they no, already true. had the charts. He only identified yeah. some through, and he knew straight away who they were. Some he could only match the name exactly to the photo I once he saw like the photo. They were different. Yeah, they. I mean, <laughs> but it's like they were saying that before the charts, were, before they spoke to Valachi and before the charts were drawn up, they had in the Gambino family eighty people were on the chart. They had information on sixty-nine of them, so it weren't. See, don't forget yeah, as well. Okay. See, there's, there's also. Um, some wrong information there in respect of the top hoodlum program starting. Everyone believes it happened after Appalachian when it doesn't, when you can go on the FBI site and even they say somewhere that it, it was 1954 and I, I've somewhere on my laptop, I've got the actual paperwork where the, the top hoodlum program was signed off by Hoover in 1954. So there was already oh, something, yeah, there was already something in place, um, 
before. And it, and and again, for me, it's it's after Appalachian. If that was supposed to have done everything bad to the mafia, how comes Gambino then went on to grow the Gambino family as big as he did? It it right. The, it doesn't right, matter. There's a, there's certain things that followed after Appalachian. I mean, at the end of the day, no one, everyone appealed and got away with it. I think the only one that was left was Paul Castellano with a thousand dollar fine once. 60 odd of them had appealed their sentences so yeah was no, only one one no exactly yep. it just there's just as i say there's there's an untold story there somewhere and we don't know what it is yet um and i think it's just the case of finding the jigsaw pieces um right uh, uh, and unfortunately there's so much misinformation and especially with hollywood and and you get some people make a slight mistake in a book by the time three other people have researched three other people's work, that book's then totally different <laughs> because they've made and up then some Exactly. I think people can't, and, that, and that's again why I have so much respect for, for um, Dr. J. Michael Nyata and, and Christian Cipollini and of Seferanti as well, but Seferanti is more about his own experience of, of prison. And obviously, I've, I've already spoke about the criminal justice system here. So, um, those two guys, I mean, the, the, as I say, they're quest, um, I can't remember the year, but J. Michael Nyota gave a talk. Um, Dr. J. Michael, he worked after the doctor, I shouldn't use it. Um, Dr. J. Michael Nyota was at the Mob Museum. Um, I can't remember the year, but I know, I think it was 2018, but I know it's the 22nd of September because that's my birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, I actually asked him, did you give that talk on purpose because it's my birthday? Um, <laughs> but um, it was. Um, and it was basically, he was literally ripping apart Hollywood and um, books that are out there, um, and fairly, and with evidence as well, obviously. And, and again, Have you read Christian, any of Frank DeMarco's work? So, yeah, yeah he's, got, um, he's got quite a few Listen, do you know what, yeah, right? Yeah. What, so, can't, yeah, but um, with Dr. <laughs> with, with uh, J. Michael, listen... <laughs> He, he's he's doing everything. He does everything. He's filming something at the moment. He's got a book out. Um, he's just he played he's in a, a part-time firefighter. Uh, he was yeah, fighting the fires in California at that time. I mean, the guy is, is for me, he's an all-American hero. Um, what oh, you lot have described. When, from what I've seen on what is described in Hollywood as an all-American hero, uh, Dr. J. Mikey, he just knocks him out of the water. But um, with oh, what I he does... <laughs> and... Uh, and that's true. It's not as if I'm I'm trying to promote the guy. I don't get nothing. It's it's true. No, I'll, right. promote, I'll, promote, I'll promote his shit. And then Samuel Christian, Christian as well. And of course, we've got Alan yeah, and Lynn Bloom as well. We can't yeah. forget Alan. Yeah. Um, I'll, think I'll never forget. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's Scott Bernstein's <laughs> birthday day. Is it? Happy birthday, sure Scott! You getting tagged? So you getting tagged? Do you know what? Actually, I'm, do you know what? Right? I'm actually trying to lie here. Not to lie, but blag it a bit. It was my missus that said, oh, she said, it's got Bernstein's birthday today. So she's getting as bad as me. She don't like the mafia yet. No, it's there. It's like, I know that person. I know yeah. that person. I know I that mean, person. I definitely but she can't yeah, not shout because, out to, uh... I mean, it's, to my missus, you've got to give a no, shout out to for putting up with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, no, I, I'm going to give a shout out to my ex for like ins- actually, you know, inspiring me to do the podcast. She's like, Ian, you sit around and talk about this shit all day, rattling off names to me and that like, you know, I'll remember the names, but you know, I'm very, I don't, I don't care about what they did. Like you got to do something with it. So, you know, fucking, yeah. Any, anybody are. who even half steps into our life, yeah. Anybody who even half steps into our life, even if it's for a moment, man, I mean, they're, they, they learn real quick that uh, this is a big passion for us. 
And it's an odd mm. passion. A lot of people think we're glamorizing it. And it's not that. It's just a fascination with how people with nothing can gain control and take over it. Everything. Well, that, that's and why then I went back to Sicily stuff. and Italy. Um, I mean, I even looked at the Spanish knights of the 15th century. Um, I'm going to get these wrong. I know. Osso, Mostrotto, <laughs> and Casanostro. Not Casanostro. Ah! Um, oh, gone out of my head. See, I should have all these stuff in front of me. I should have written down notes. <laughs> I've got two out of three, anyway. You remember the words. But that they had gone to Sicily um, after being imprisoned. I think they'd raped the king's daughter or something, the three of them. So they got put in prison in Spain. And once they come out, they got sent to Sicily. Um, and uh, when they got there, one of them had gone to um, uh, Naples and set up the uh, um, uh, the other, uh, Comora, uh, and the other one had gone to Campania uh, and set up uh, Endlangata, and the other one stayed and set up Sicily. Uh, the Sicilian Mafia. I love that's folklore. You know, I mean, that's like reading Aesop's fables and stuff like that. It's really good <laughs> stuff to read. Um, and it does Absolutely. give a little bit more imagination to of what's gone on. But, I mean, when you look back, from, it's quite easy to see that the island of Sicily had been ransacked by so many different countries that they would take oh, them into their own hands yep. um, and yep. that they would provide protection for their farmers. And, yep. and then once that, that um, I can't remember what the Land Act was, or what, about 1841 or something like that in Sicily, and they were able to buy their own land, that was when oh, yeah, power, yeah, yeah. Yeah. money, and everything else started yep. coming into it. And then that obviously spread because people moved and and, yep. and then well yeah that was it <laughs> so I like for me it's all about the culture and it's about the it's about the the symbiology it's about what's behind it rather yeah. than as you say glamorizing it it's it's yeah <laughs> it's no for me it's no different to sort of those that are into science fiction or those that are into exactly. the sort of Dungeons and Dragons although yep. mafia is real but that's the only yeah. difference it's still a passionate that we have and um and as i say now um i don't think the passion for me will ever die because i have this one thing of the the untold story um and, yeah. but i know it's there i know it's there i've gone down the wrong path a few times but i think i'm somewhere around <laughs> the right path now it's, as Dick, i say it's just Dick about putting it together Scotty, hey, no, hey, man. Was, was his name Sherlock Holmes, isn't it? Sherlock Holmes. I'll be your watching. Smoke a pipe. I'll be your watching. Downey Jr. did amazing in that. Fucking shout out to Guy Ritchie. I fucking love his movies, man. Jesus Christ, do you take me to fucking London's Underworld? I swear to God, lock, lock, lock stop. <laughs> one of my favorite fucking, for like, me, you can tell it was cheaply done. You know, like, but. Um, for me, the favorite gangster by far in Britain is Charlie Richardson because he was just <coughs> sorry. <coughs> oh, yeah. As you know, he was um he, part by cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, sponsored by Marlborough. Um he was um uh he was just cut above. I mean he was just class. He he for me, he was more like the mafia than um anyone else that's been in this country. He, he just done things right away and he got into power and got into business and, and, and tried to obviously stay away from violence. Violence was the last resort. And that was his problem. He got too much power within the establishment and they come crashing down on him. The guy that was the oh, main yeah. prosecution witness, um, oh, come on, remember one name, David. 
Um, <laughs> this is your country. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day. Hold it. Don't forget. It's been a long day for me. I've been, I've been researching all day. I, I would say, have you been up some time? I've been researching the history of Scottish prisons today. So I'm writing about the history of Scottish prisons. So, um, oh, just do a little tidbit of do Scottish good. prison, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, forget, I'm, it, mate. forget about it. I'm director of a company now. Um, unpaid. I'm on the board um, of a company in Scotland called Starting Step. There, um, it, it's the, uh, it's just something. Yeah, they're, they're going to be working in Castle Huntley HMP, Castle Huntley, which is an open prison, and. They're going to also be working in HMP Perth. And in Perth, what they're doing just outside the wall is an old sort of offices. And everything. It's been turned into a restaurant, but it's the first vegan HMP restaurant. Um, it's going to have prisoners working in there, but the food is going to be also grown. So it's going to be from from plant to plate. Um, and it's oh, all okay, going to, okay. it's, and it's, but it's also educating about, it's not ramming veganism down people's throats, um, although it's just, if you like, shining a spotlight on it. Um, the lady that's the Dodie. chief executive, Dodie Pitt, absolutely lovely lady. She's a vegan herself, and she's also including four-legged animals as well as two-legged animals in the humans that are in prison. So it really is a, a multi, multifaceted approach um, to include the guys in the prison, obviously to for reforming, for rehabilitation, so that they can be released into society, ready and prepared to live in society after coming out of prison, and not just not reduce, not like not commit another offence. And I think too much focus. Here we go again on the prison message. Um, no, but no, too no, much, no, well, too no, much no, focus no, is on no, reducing reoffending. It should be on the individual, and it should be about reform and rehabilitation. But for me, rehabilitation is an attitude in a way. It, it's something that you have. It's not something you achieve. Um, and reform, you reform your character. You don't change the person. Of course you don't. You're still you. So therefore, you reform the character. And the key to that, once again, as we come back to what I bang on about, is education um, in all its forms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being, a, being able to... So that's uh, a big shout-out to right. step, by the way. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Oh, big shout out to them. That sounds like a beautiful organization. You work with a lot yeah, of these charities, man, that get, you well, know, better yeah. and reform. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get as many platforms as I can, and I apologize for taking over your one, but I try and get as many platforms as I can to try and spread that message that, listen, people in prison are not people that are evil and bad and nasty. They're people that have made mistakes, and they're people that have made mistakes because of trauma from their childhood. They're people that have made, made mistakes because they haven't had the equal opportunities in life or the equity opportunities in life where the barriers and the hurdles have all been removed rather than just trying to give them a help up, just remove all barriers and give everyone equity in life chances. Education should be for all um, because it's education that brings out the talent. It unearths the talent in each and every one of us. And that doesn't mean that you're going to go off and write a sonnet like Shakespeare or you're going to um, write a piece of work like Mozart, it's going to do that you're going to be the very best version of you. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. Wise Guys Hideaway is now uh, David Brexpire's podcast. You can catch him <laughs> Tuesdays. And- I'll be guest on Saturday. And, yeah, uh, sorry, no, that's why I was glad you did that wrap up because, you know, for all the people you helped, you know, get better and get reformed, we're fascinated with fellas who just couldn't seem to get right and didn't want to reform. And we'll hop back into them right now. So, so with, 
So with uh, Magliano, you, you're essentially you're theorizing that he holds more power than we're ever given him credit for. He was ever kind of given credit for via like historians and writers and documentaries and stuff like that. I I I I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe there's a little bit behind, and and I think that's more to do with the Sicilian link than anything to do with the Italian American, if you like, link. Um, right. I think Sicily's behind the Italian American mafia more so. But then, if you look at every big case, pizza, the pizza shops, the, the um, pizza connection, the French connection, the they French all involved. Yeah, yeah. It, it involves Sicilian, and that was created through um, Vito first when he went over there after he left because of the murder um, and worked with Mussolini uh, whilst yep. also working yep. with Caraduro Vizzini. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was, um, I don't know. There's, there's just... control, right? That's when he left. He took, Mussolini took power. He, that's when he left. Well, Val- Again, I mean, Valacci even talks of um, Valacci even talks of uh, Maya Lansky and Vito Genovese. That wherever Maya Lansky had money invested, Vito Genovese had money with him invested. That they were the best of buddies. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but um, that's but what I, Valacci actually, said. I have, at the to, I have to debate. I have to debate that one. I saw maybe he was coach because I I debate that one because I heard that Vito Genovese wanted to ask Lucky Luciano, uh, "Why are we working with a Jew?" And uh, Luciano, you know, sort of explained you know like these are my people still like they they're money makers you know they're like but look, it was see i don't oh, guys, i don't, I don't see i don't I, that one for me i'm not sure about that because not that i'm not sure about i'm i'm not for you i'm for me i mean um yet um look who lucky's backer was at, far, at the beginning arnold rosting surely vito genovese knew that um, I mean, no swap side. I mean, I don't know how quick Genevieve got pulled into that or how much Rostin. I don't think Rostin would have liked a, a character like Genevieve too much. You, you're going to tell me to sit up straight and like chew with my mouth closed. We don't Genevieve and be like, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know. I know they say that. He managed, to, well, I don't know, he managed, Vito managed to work with Mussolini and he, he hated the mafia. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. You're right. But I'm just picturing a young Vito, I guess, though, too. I'm, I'm taking people's age into account every time, like, along. Because even Rothstein had a hard time kind of reigning in Luciano at points. Which That's is, like, what I'm saying. There's an untold that. story, brother. There's an untold story sitting there for someone to unearth that's going to that's gonna make making of the mob look like Sesame Street. Honestly. <laughs> honestly, brother, there really is. And, and it's good luck to whoever finds it because it needs unearthing. I just hope I'm the one that does. But... The story we that we it. know as we know it is not the story as it is. I, I are you allowed to I'm not having the I'm it's just too much. It's like, no, stop it. There's more links that um, and more connections <laughs> between the CIA and the FBI and the mafia in respect to communism than I think we've given it credit for. Um I think oh yeah that I also I think, think yeah, and I also think the amount of murders that went on within the mafia by certain people was MK Ultra from the CIA a part of mafia infiltrating in, uh, uh, as well? Because the CIA are not allowed to operate on their own territory, are they? But they can, they no, can, they can drug the mafia, or they can at least brainwash the mafia into doing it. I don't, I, I don't, do you know what they I mean? That's what I'm saying. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's just all the years that have gone on and things that have gone on. And, and when you kind of read between the lines, there's another story, as I say, yet to be untold. There really is. See, I ride that half conspiracy theory because, like, no, the Earth is round, you fucking idiots. Like, the moon <laughs> is real. The, the moon landing, you can flip a coin on. I don't give a fuck. It, I, Kubrick didn't direct it. I can tell you that. It would have been way more spectacular than the footage I've seen. 
And, you know, the mob, the CIA, yeah, they killed JFK. 9-11 probably had some inside fucking folk in it. But, like, just certain conspiracies, I'm like, all right, dude, relax. Like, lizard people, chill the fuck out. Yeah. But I don't – just, you know, humans are probably just evil humans who fucking have a lot of greed and are able to somehow, like, right place and time for a lot of things, man. Like, because there's uh, conspiracy theories all over – see, I'm, I'm going to go off the rails real quick on you. There's conspiracy theories all over Columbine that it was staged, and I, I can assure – a hundred percent assure everybody it wasn't and the only reason it worked is just right place right time hadn't happened like every like same with the like the largest robbery in american history two guys just walking into the museum in boston and you know dressed as cops and steal 12 million dollars like 500 million dollars worth of original Rembrandt painting stuff like that. right place right time sometimes for people mm. lucky luciano Cellini, hitler i mean anybody like anybody who like somehow achieves you know these great feats i mean except Genghis Khan, he was just a fucking animal that was just sheer wish it wanted to do it. I don't, I don't care what anybody's. When you kill 10% of the population, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, but I feel the same way about the mob that, like, sometimes I feel like the guys who are given so much credit really are sort of, like, middle figures. I just lit a cigarette, too. That's hilarious. Yeah. They're sort of, like, middle figures. Not middle figures. They're, they're, they're big-name figures, but, like, uh, sort of how you couldn't really top get bosses. Like, Most of the top yeah. bosses that weren't caught had front bosses. Therefore, why yes, didn't exactly. why didn't why didn't anybody why didn't the Godfather have a front boss? That I don't, and that for me is why I I I, I really do toss up between um, the fact that there was a lot of resentment um, in the fact of Vito Genovese becoming the head of the New York families because of the fact he was from Naples. That for yeah, me, no, that for me is a lot more behind it than we give it credit for. Because when you look at the others involved, you've got Magadino, Sicily. You've got Gambino, Sicily. Um, I mean, Gambino, and I believe Magadino was also a real man of honor, along with Bonanno. Um, all these yes, men no, are from, from, yeah. And then, of course, you had the the um, Mazzaria that wanted to kill everyone that was from the Castellamarese area. Who's going to trust yeah, Vito yeah. Genovese after that when he was, and also lucky when they're working for Mazzarea. So I think that there's a lot more that, as I say, in respect of that culture um, and the traditional, um, comp- not competition, yeah, competition between the Sicilian mafia and uh, the mainland mafias. Um, it's like that a continue to this. Yeah, of course. Who Vendettas, they, they brought it over with them. Um, they brought it over with them. So, um, yeah, with them when they stepped off the boat. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I mean, it for me, it was um, uh, they did have the rituals that we obviously, uh, sorry, we that we know of in, in Sicily that were kind of, I suppose, bastardized and lost tradition over the years. I mean, I don't believe Albert Anastasia, who was actually selling. Um, uh, ways in and away. Um, he, yeah, he, so, uh, yeah, yeah he was, yeah, and so was Frank Scalise as well, wasn't he? He was, he was one of the yeah, biggest yeah, salespeople of getting people in the mafia. Yeah. Uh, I've been told, uh, I've been told, Raymond, uh, uh, and all this stuff about drugs as well. It's like, <laughs> come on. Oh, that's always been a shame. If I, it's it's like, just love. stop lying to us, will you? Every single one of you was involved. Yeah. I mean, when was it in the in the mid 70s? Carmine Galanti took out eight Gambino rivals. Yeah. You're not going to be dealing that, that you're not going to be dealing that high up in the Gambino, sorry, in the drug game um, for Carmine Galanti no. to start worrying about you because he deals with tongues. No. 
Yeah, he was the one that set up the Montreal route for the, um, well, Catronis that ended up as the Rizzuto family. Um, And then Buffalo had um, um, Hamilton and Toronto. Uh, It's the ports, isn't it? The ports are important. Yeah. Um, And you've only got to look at at Sicily with uh, G.I. Tate. I won't even say it. I can't even pronounce it. My Italian. Uh, Do you know I can read Italian? Um, I can read Italian fine and make it out, but writing Italian, speaking Italian, oh, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's I great for um, we, It's good for research. No, man, the mystique. Know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the other thing I wonder is if some things are lost in translations on some of these guys because, like, somebody's dossier or rap sheet or whatever you want to call it, the information that, like, is received from the, the things that, you know, were being done and the moves that are being made yeah. in Sicily, they're, they're not in English. So you're going to, have to mm. get somebody in America in a time when you don't really like anybody who speaks or writes or you know anything in a different. You still don't. I mean, America's real kind but of again, about that. But like, again, going back in it. time, but going back in time with the mistrust in Sicily between certain areas and, and territories, um, they they spoke their own dialect. They had the the Castellamarese dialect was what Magadino used yeah. to speak on the telephone. Um, yep. So that he couldn't be in- interpreted, because it would take him very, very difficult to be able to, um, to, to sort of the, uh, um, translate the, the local dialect unless they have someone actually from Castellum Rosa. So um, they'll go for it. But um, so yeah, I mean, as I say, it's just, and that's that's what keeps me alive. Do you know what I mean? That's what keeps me looking. That's what keeps me um, in between other things, that. obviously, in my spare time. But. Yeah. Um, I, I lose days researching. I really do. I don't shave. I hardly eat. I just get so lost. <laughs> and as I say, if it wasn't for my partner, I'd probably be the size of a cocktail stick. <laughs> I'm not far off. I know. I feel you. I, uh, I need to find me a, you know, at least a part-time uh, domestic partner because this house <laughs> is getting right. My desk in my podcast area is like, there's a reason I haven't been. Yeah, but then if you haven't got anyone around you, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> there's that side of it I bought during a five year relationship until she moved out and I was like fuck man I like guys don't buy anything I don't have hand towels what do you mean I don't have hand towels like where where the fuck did this go where the fuck did that go it's like oh yeah she did buy that shit didn't she <laughs> uh, funny man it's all funny as soon as fucking COVID's done, man, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give a run at stand up comedy. So I'll definitely be uh, sending you links to all that. I'll give you fucking plugs in that and do a shitty ass call the ass. <laughs> I love it, absolutely love. It. Listen, well, it's the oyster at the end of the day, but really. Well, uh, you know, we've done about an hour now, and uh, I yep. do have some errands to run. And there's oh, I mean, we there's always the mystique. To con- yes. Oh yeah. No, I feel. I, I hope everybody's it. gonna enjoy it. Yeah, no, no, of course, we apologize, people. We're just recording a private conversation on people more than anything else. Yeah, no, we're just letting you in on this little craziness that is me and David, and uh, at least tamed it down a little bit, thank God. Otherwise, fucking, (laughs) no podcast really gets canceled, but they step in and cancel mine if you and me go on a three-hour tangent. (laughs) We're we're enemies to both our countries. Like, I'm an enemy of the state here, and they just put you right back in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's one place I'll never go back to. Uh, it's been quality. It's been quality. It's been quality, brother. And and people that are listening that have managed to take it to the end. Um, apologies for um the waffle, but it's just it's theories. Um, I'm not saying that I'm everything I say is true. Um, I'm just saying what I'm basing my research on. Um, and I can see that there is a story to be told. 
Absolutely, brother. Well, from all of us here at the Hideaway, we love you, David. Thanks for doing this, brother. I really no, appreciate it. I no, I appreciate it as well, brother. You take care of yourself. All right, ladies, mate. Ladies, dude. Let's speak.